Today's topic is, uh, as we move on into the Beatitudes, as we continue to talk about the kingdom of God, I call it diffuser. Uh, and we'll talk about, about what it means. You know, one of the things that I discovered in, actually in my 20s, which is like amazing, right? Like in my 20s is, is, are these things called the reed diffusing sticks. Like I, I've, I've, I, I never, like, you know, I'm not, not a guy who like put essential oil and then get my room really nice smelling. I'm not one of those guys. Uh, in fact, most likely the, the smell you smell in my room are like smelly sweat smells. And then my mom will be like, hey, Clear up your room, right? And, um, but in my 20s, you know, like, I, I moved to Australia where essential oil, first of all, is cheaper. Uh, and then, then you get, it's available, available. And I realized there's such a thing. And so it's really interesting when I first saw it, I'd be like, why are they putting chopsticks in vase and no flowers? But I was that thing, right? And my, of course, my, my friends <laughs> just used to be idiot. And then they're like, they explain what it is to me, right? So they put it in uh, this, this container and they put, one or two drops of essential oil. The other thing about that is I learned that you don't, I always look at the essential oil, I'm like, that is so expensive. It's so small. Because you know why? I think in my mind, you have to use a whole bottle every time. And then like, friend, no, James, you put water and you put like one drop. I'm like, e- enough, man, one drop, no smell one. And they're like, okay, la. we put two drops and you, you tell me whether you got the smell. So they, we, they, we bought one home in my house that we rented with my friends and then put it there, put two drops, and then he put these weird sticks inside. And before you know it, I'm like, dude, I'm getting like choked, you know, the smell in the room, in the house is too much. Uh, I'm not used to it. And I said, I told you one drop, right? Yeah, one drop, not enough. Um, but what, what's amazing about these reed sticks is that um, by themselves, they actually have no smell, right? They, they don't do much. But what they do is they, they suck up the, the essential oil with the water into the stick, and as it evaporates into the air, the smell is dis- diffused out into everywhere. It makes like smelly room really smell really nice. Um, it's amazing, because by themselves, they're useless. Right? If the essential oil uh, is not added to the water, and if these sticks are just sticks without connecting themselves to that essential oiled water, they will not diffuse beautiful fragrance. And that's the idea we're going to discuss about today. Turn with me, with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Or switch on your Bible. Right? Switch on your Bible. You know, one of the old pastors I used to, to listen to, he always says, I love hearing the, the flipping of the pages whenever the Scripture is being flipped. Today, we don't do that anymore. Today, we see the glow, the holy glow of blessing when you see people read the Scripture. All right? uh, chapter 5, verse 9, in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, it says... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers, not pacemakers. All right? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Have you ever ran into a fight before? Like, I don't know about you, but my secondary schools had a lot of fights. Now, there are people who just do not love each other the way that I love them. Right? They will fight, right? Like, literally fist fights. Not, no boxing gloves, by the way. And there's two kinds of people. Oh, actually three. Three kinds of people that will, that will be there. Number one will be the guy who always run and tell the discipline master. Cha, cha, people fighting. There's always that guy who, which is good, huh? You know, you see something, you call the police, call the ambulance. Yeah, we need that person. Then there'll be the most of the others who like really do not help the situation. They will circle the two fighting and they'll like fight, fight, fight. And they're like, come on, come on. Like, totally not helping. And there'll be those idiots 
that will run in between the two feasts and say, guys, stop! And most often than not, at the end of the day, the one with the most serious injury is the guy who ran in between. Because you don't run when the punch is being thrown, right? You should time it so that the punch finishes, then you go in. No, these guys are like heroes, right? They think they're Superman, they're croc hands, they go in and they're like, don't fight! And they're like skinny, tiny person, and the two guys are like giants, and then they push, and you're like, oh, ah. Um, I'm not skinny, but I've also tried to do that, right? I try to do that. I run in and say, hey guys, calm down. Or you grab one guy, and, and really, you know, when you're angry, it's really scary, you know, this guy, normally I can hold him and calm him down, but when, when some of these people, when they're angry, like, I'll hold him and I can't hold him down. And it takes about two or three of us to hold him and drag him away and says, calm down, man, calm down. And the crazy thing is when somebody's angry, they don't realize who's holding them. They don't know whether you're their friend or their enemy, and they just, like, you know, swing and sometimes you get collateral damage. It's crazy when there's a fight, and it's insane if you're one of those peacemakers. Common sense tells you don't, don't get involved, right? Yeah, you're in a church, stand by the side, stand far enough, but don't run into the midst of it. But in the scripture, it's actually crazy. that That's what it's talking about. It's when, you, when you see a fight, you go into it and try to make peace. It's like, what? What is the Bible talking about? You know, in our world, it's really chaos. Right now, especially, the, the pandemic has so much uh, ripple effect that's happening around us. There's so many chaos things, this crazy thing is happening, you know, like, 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 I've never imagined in my life that Singapore Airlines would not make money, you know, like, whoa, it's, it's like best airline in the world, nobody's flying. I have a friend who's a pilot, you know, who he is, uh, he's flying like once a month only now, once a month, that's it, you know, it used to be like, I can't find him because he's always flying. And there's people who like, 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 like ask to go home, they ask to leave Singapore, you know, when they first came, the company's like, oh, the company went all the way to the home country to employ this person to come here. Now he's like, we don't want you anymore, please go home. And there's people, oh, Hank Liendi, if you are watching this, welcome back. There are people who have to spend 34 hours just to fly back to Singapore, and now they are being locked down uh, under stay-home notice for 14 days. We're living in a crazy, crazy world. And not to mention that the amount of like, domestic violence, child abuse, and just broken relationship has just gone up crazy on the rise. I was just catching up with a friend the other day, and he's like, James, I was just telling him, you know, how the, some of the things that I had to deal with because people come call me out for counseling and stuff. And he says, James, I'm so glad I didn't. He says, I, I, I cannot imagine anybody doing that. But he says, I was so glad that that day, one of the, during the circuit breaker, I vented my frustration at the dustbin and not my son. He's like, I said, what happened, bro? He said, I don't know, man. You just get to a tipping point where you're, you're, you're like locked up in the house, your kid's running around, your work, your boss is micromanaging you, meeting you every other hour. And he went to the dustbin. This is just really ridiculous. Now that we talked about it, we just laugh at it, you know. He went to the dustbin in the morning. It was filled. It was full, right? And he said, ah, he threw rubbish, he closed the dustbin, and then he went to work the first of the day, and then lunch, he came out of his room, and then he threw the rubbish, and it was still full. It was still full. And he just, ah, and then he threw rubbish, and then closed it. And then at the evening time, he's, I don't know, three times a day, throw the rubbish. I don't know why he does it three times a day. And the third time he came in the evening, he opened up, and it was still full with his other rubbish from the early, early, early in the day. And he threw his, I think uh, it was a snack uh, wrapper inside. And because it was too full, the snack wrapper fell out. And like he said, like one piece of biscuit fell out from my wrapper. 
And that made him crazy. He took the bin and he's like, why is it still full? He threw the bin on the floor. He stomped on the bin. And then he, was, like, he got so angry, he threw the, the cover of the bin against the wall. And then his helper at the side was crying. Like, ah. And he's like, why are you crying? He's like, it's my fault. I didn't clear the rubbish. It's my fault. And, he's like, and, and then he realized it was not the rubbish bin. It was just the final trigger that made him lose it. And he's like, wow, man. He said, I'm so glad that the thing I touched was the dustbin and not my son at that moment. Imagine his son came to annoy him at the exact moment where he was going to lose it. Oh, man. You know, a lot of parents, I think, have said words, have done things they regret over this time. Uh, I know for a fact that's happening. So we are living in a crazy time. And if you... Nobody would say that this is a peaceful time we're living in. It's chaos. It's chaos. But did God know? Did God expect this? Was God caught off guard? Was God surprised? Nah, man. The scripture from 1,000, 2,000 years ago have already written about his strategy. He knew. And in fact, this is nothing new to humanity that the world, once in a while, will go into this chaos. And he's prepared his plan, and that is his people are asked to prepare to be the peacemaker, to go into a chaotic world to bring peace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, turn with me to that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. It tells us about what God's plan was and how He expects or challenges His followers to be the peacemaker. And how can we do that? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us, you and me, the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you, all of us, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled with, with God. So God in the scripture through St. Corinthians, Paul's pen writing to the Corinth church, because you must understand the Corinthian, Corinth church was a chaotic church. It's not like, you know, one of the perfect model church that, that we are asked to follow, which is amazing. The scripture would describe a dysfunctional church and keep it for us today. I'm like, shouldn't the Bible tell us about the best church and, and uh, do this, then you'll be the best church. But no, the scripture chose to, to record a church who was chaotic, which was dysfunctional. And he talked about how God redeemed them and in fact, after that, sent them out. That's the context of St. Corinthians. And so he's saying that, you know, the, the roots of the problems of our chaos in this world is not the circumstance, but is in ultimately our personal relationship with God. God is saying, this is my plan for humanity from Genesis chapter 1. Peace, Love, acceptance, and alignment with what I planned for you. But once chapter 3 happened, very first thing happened, 
Adam turned against Eve. Eve turned against the snake. The snake couldn't speak. The snake ran away. And then they, they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, which was not God's plan to, like, separate them from himself. And then what we hear that you get Cain, the first child, and then Abel, the second child, and then the first child kills the second child. That's only Genesis chapter 4. And then chapter 5, you get chaos of man going crazy, and chapter 6, the flood. Doesn't get better. Very soon, chapter 9, again, people coming together, chaotic, not following God's way of life, and then they, they end up having to be dispersed instead of being able to stay together with one language, understanding one another. You know, this, we were designed to understand, to accept one another. But because of our choices, we're now in this situation where we are divided by so many, many, many lines. That instead of peace and unity, it's just division and chaos. One of the places that I really have fallen in love in recent years is, is Portland, Oregon. You know, I just went there in January for my doctorate. I don't know when's the next time I can go back. But that city, when I went there, I was like, oh, this is beautiful. It's so accepting. Everything's nice. It's so hipster. Uh, everybody wear dark frame glasses and has a beard. Uh, wear flannel. <laughs> like, like, I love that city. And then I was like, everywhere I walk around, I'm like, this is my soul city. Like, you know, this. <laughs> And then I went there, and, and, and then now if you read the news about Portland, which have never appeared on Singapore news ever before, ever. I didn't even really know that place until I really visited. I know Seattle, like the more famous sibling, but Portland's like Portland. Um, but now it's on the news almost every other day for violence and chaos and protests and just crazy stuff. And I cannot imagine, I cannot believe it. I read it as, that's not Portland. Portland's not like that but it's happening. No matter how safe we think we are and how cordial the environment we think, in Singapore, we take it for granted that peace happens. We take it for granted. But you know the fact that we have fighter jets flying over our head every day, you know, National Day is coming, you hear more about it, is, is a sign that actually, no, there are certain things that has to be in place for us to have our peace. And that's because humanity has come to draw lines of division. It's so crazy. The very concept of country is actually crazy. I'm not anti, I'm not an you know, anarchist or anything. But you know, you know what's a country? Country is an invisible line that human beings draw and says, you belong there, I belong here. Like seriously, half my family are in Malaysia. And, but I'm not a Malaysian because you know, there's this bridge and there's this river that's one kilometer. And we're different countries. Ruled by different people. It's, it's, it's maybe there's a river, it's not so bad, right? Look at mid, the Middle East back in the Israel's time. It is crazy. There's like no division. Like you, you walk in the desert in the wilderness, right? And then you suddenly, oh snap, I'm in another country. It's like Australia is really crazy. Like I, I love to take pictures when I was doing my uh, tour around Australia. Australia is really, it's the same size as the United States with a lot less people. And there are a lot of places where there's like no humans, there's only kangaroos. And then you drive around and, and there'll be a signpost. Now you're in the state of Sydney, uh, of, of, of uh, New South Wales, and no longer in the state of Victoria. I'm like, why? Because somebody drew a line. Based on what? I don't know. Negotiation, benefits, money. It's ridiculous. Like, humanity are, are, are so crazy. Like, we're out to see how we're different instead of how we're the same. 
We, we have gone so far to divide ourselves instead of loving and accepting one another. Which is not God's plan, man. Like, we're, we're just dividing ourselves down so much. Like, you believe in, you support this party, I support that party. You, you support black lives, I support all lives. You support women, I support men. Like, come on, man. Why are we dividing ourselves? We're all humans. I'm not saying that either one is right or wrong, but just like, it's like the core of our problem is that we've lost the way. We've lost how we're initially designed to align ourselves with God's plan. And that cannot be recaptured until we realign our relationship with Jesus. And God says, once you've realigned that relationship, once you've received that peace from me, then you'll be able to go out and bring peace to another person. Because until that happens in your heart with God, until you find true peace with God, you cannot bring peace to anybody. Because the peace you offer them will be temporary, will be short-lived, will be biased. God says, come, let us deal with our problems. See, the Corinthian church was like, as crazy as you can get. You look into the story, you read 1 Corinthians and Corinthians, everything crazy they're doing, right? And after God sort them out, and, and they're, they're, they're not totally okay yet, but they're on the right, in the right direction. They're not like perfect yet. No, they're not. They're still messed up. But as long as they're moving in the right direction, God says, yeah, share what you've experienced so far with those around you. That is peacemaking. You cannot go to an alcoholic and say, hey, you know, you'll find so much peace if you give up alcohol when you yourself is an alcoholic. That's hypocritical, right? But if you've overcome and I've read recently, I read into the history of the Alcoholic Anonymous, and one of the interviews, many interviews done with people who have recovered, is amazing. There's 12 steps. There's 12 steps that you, you need to go through to, to recover. And one of the things that, that consistently from all those who have kept themselves dry for years, they never say they've recovered. They always say that I am recovering continuously. And one of the things that kept them dry continuously, consistently across the board from different countries, different groups, in the interview is like, how do you keep yourself sober? And it says, is the only people who succeeded are people who have gone back and served in either another AA group or in a community. They've taken their blessing of receiving soberity and go, brought it back into, into helping others 100%. It's not even a percentage. like, all of them who kept themselves dry and sober are actively helping other people. Most of them helping other people stay sober and some in other areas of community. So 100% of them manage to do that only by going out and serving. If you want to maintain the peace you have in your heart or you want to find the peace, it's only in going out and being peacemakers will you be able to, find, to continue to keep the peace that God has granted you. See, there's a difference between a peacemaker and a trouble avoider. A lot of the Christians, when, they, when, they talk, when we talk about peacemaking, they say, oh, yeah, so let's avoid controversy. Let's avoid problems. Let's not deal with people. Let's just stay and huddle and kumbaya by ourselves. That's not what Jesus is talking about. 
That's not what he intends for Christians to do. We're not supposed to lock the doors and stay in, in 79 Thompson Road and just huddle together and say, peace, 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 and just wait until this pandemic is over, then we'll go out and we'll live. That's not how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to like, run to the mountains. I love that. Whenever I go to another country which, which have no context of Singapore, they always tell me, James, when there's problems, when there's, you know, at a, before Jesus comes, there'll be a lot of problems. You need to run to the mountains. I like, have you heard about Singapore? They're like, no, why? We have no mountains. We have one Bukit Timah. They said, go Bukit Timah! You mean, go with the rest of Singapore if I go there? Like, like seriously? Like, if there's a flood, Bukit Timah will submerge. They're like, what? What do you mean? Then I show them the map. Then, I, then they always, wow, this is really annoying. They always look at it, they say, oh, got a lot of land. I'm like, where God? There? And they point to Malaysia. I no, 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 no. Zoom in. And then zoom, 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 zoom. And then there's the dot. And that, that's your country? I say, yes. Wait a minute. You mean your country has as many people as New Zealand, but you're like a thousand times smaller? I like, yes. You mean you are surrounded by water? Yes. You mean you have no, like, countryside? No. You mean you have no mountain? No. You mean you have no, like, you know, I like maybe, maybe, uh, let me see, uh, Lim Chu Kang? Where's Lim Chu Kang? Then she's in this little patch of grass at the side, on the west side. And they're like, oh. See, we're not called to run away, man. The fact most of us were listening, living in Singapore, uh, too bad, eh? We've got nowhere to run. This is it. And you're called to do something while you're here. You're not asked to run away, you're called to engage. In fact, when you see people fight, Christians are called to stand in between. Because if you don't, nobody else will. In fact, you know what? That's what Jesus did. If Jesus didn't go and stand in between the conflict of the world, he wouldn't have to die. But we worship a God who is willing to die for his people, stand in the midst of conflict, in the midst of life and death. That's what the cross is. He stands between life and death and says, I will take the blows for you so you will live. See, trouble avoiders run away. But peacemaker run toward. We're not trying to find trouble so that we can avoid it. It's crazy, I know. But God's kingdom is crazy. His action is to find trouble and run into it. And Matthew 9 reminds us that Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed. The scripture doesn't say that, you know, just do it. It says, in fact, it says, this is people who will feel. Remember when I talk about blessedness in this, in this specific context? He said, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. You'll be happy if you run into a conflict and bring peace. Let me finish on the story that I started with. You know, I talk about secondary school when I fight with my friends. I don't know when I fight with my friends. When my friends were fighting, I ran into it. Um, do you know what happened? Many, many, many years later, the three of us, the three of us, and sat down and had prata. And we sat there and we were laughing. And he said, James, what were you thinking? Why did you? We were like punching each other's face off. And you run into the middle of it? And I'm like, bro, you know, you're both my bros. 
and I can't let you fight. I don't want you to hurt each other because you both will regret it. And, and, and like, at 30 over years old, we sat there and we hear like, yeah, I would have regretted if that fight ended badly and we're no longer friends. At that point, all three of us got a month detention. Stupid, right? I was like trying to stop the fight. Yeah? But they're like, no, you involved, you detention. Anyway, we're not talking about that. But like, you know, all three of us were in detention and you know, guess what? That's where we bonded. Every day of the class, we all go to the principal office and we all report. And back then, the detention was pretty not creative. We take our study desk and you literally put it in front of the, the principal's office and you sit there and you study. And sit there and you study. And, uh, and because of that, we are friends together. And now this relationship continues, and I know it's going to continue for a long time. Matthew 9 tells us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be, son, be sons of God. I don't know what you think. People say, uh, who does Lucas look like? Or who is Lucas like? Are you talking about the looks? Or are you talking about his personality? You know, if you talk about looks, I think it looks like Tiffany, but something he's a cop- photocopy of who I am. So, eh, 50-50. Personality, again, but the most important part of who he is is him as an entire person. Christians cannot only be called Christians by how they, what they wear to church, only by whether they go to worship service or not, whether they return their tithe and offering or not, or whether they wear a cross necklace, or whether like, they just call themselves Christian, fill it up in the form. That's good. But Christians are called Christians, are called the sons, which in the Bible term is not a discrimination against female. It's an elevation of the female into the, the position which no other Jews will allow because the Bible brings everybody to equal standing. And when, when Paul wrote this, when Jesus talked about this, he says that you are women, you are despising your community, you're brought up and you're called a son of God. It's only by being a son and acting as peacemaker can we be worthily called the sons of the Prince of Peace. Amen.